0: my Bible this is my Bible it is the word of truth it is the word of truth I am I am what it says I Am what it says I Am I can do I can do what it says I can what it says I can I am a believer I'm a believer and not a doubter and not a doubter I am a doer I'm a doer and not just a hearer and not just a hearer I am humble before the Lord I'm humble before the Lord I am obedient to the Lord I'm obedient to the Lord I am mature in the Lord I'm mature in the Lord And I am enthusiastic about the Lord I'm enthusiastic about the Lord I know that I know that. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by. Hearing, hearing. by. The word of God. The word of God. Amen. 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 Bless you. Amen. Oh, you see <laughs> Amen. Come on let's give Malachi another hand clap of praise if you will. We thank him. Thanks Sister Zontel. Amen. Alright. If you have a Bible and go to the book of First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Paul was writing and he says, Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to live. Somebody say to live. To live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. Somebody say, I've been taught. Now it's up to me to live. Amen. He says, as you have been taught in a way that is pleasing to God. He said, now look, you live this way already. So you're doing all right. Man, you're doing all right. You live this way already. And we encourage you to do so, even so, whatever you're doing at the level that you're at, you can do. Amen. Amen. He says, For you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. In other words, it wasn't in my own words, in my own mind. I was just teaching you what he said, teach. Amen? Amen. Well, you may be seated. Today uh, we're going to begin a little series that is centered around a question. That question is, how are you living? As the young folks say, how are you living? And the intent of the question is for us to, and I say us, to do a self-examination. For okay. we study our own behaviors and motivation. Okay. The intent of that at a time where we allow the word of God to cause us to take an introspective and self-contemplative look at ourselves so that we can appropriately answer the question, how are you living? Now, the word live and walk is often used synonymously depending on which translation of the Bible you have. And so, in some of your Bibles, you're going to see the word walk in those places. But it's basically talking about how we live. And so, live has to do with how we act or conduct ourselves. Somebody say act Act. and conduct conduct ourselves. Living is, is about you and how you act and how you conduct yourself, it's about me and how I act and how I conduct myself. It says, to control and order our behavior in a way that pleases and glorifies God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The word implies a continuous action it means to keep on living, to continue to live and habitually walk in a way that glorifies God. Now, the ultimate goal for all believers or Christians should be to honor Christ through our actions, our words, our thoughts, and our motives. Amen? Now, now go to the book of Leviticus. We're going to spend some time in the Old Testament today, but we'll get back to Paul writings to the church when it comes to living next week. But in the book of Leviticus, chapter 20, verse 22 and 23, when God was giving Israel instructions, as he was about to bring them into the promised land. He made it amazingly clear that he did not want them to live in the manner of customs or practices of the people that they were about to dispossess. God does not want us to live in accordance with the practices and the customs and the traditions in the culture that we live in, especially if they go against the express will of now, everything in culture is not bad, but those things that in our culture that conflict with God, then God is saying, hey, you got to take note because I have prescribed the standard and how I expect you to. Now, look at this. Verse 22, it says, you must keep all my decrees and regulations. Now, we, 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 we have a problem with regulations today. I don't know how any of you, most of you are with military. I don't know how y'all can have a problem with the regulation because we were governed by them for over 20, 30 years. Amen. Yeah. I mean, we had a regulation that tell us how to dress, what clothes we had to wear, when we should wear a certain uniform, what our hair length had to be, you name it, we had a regular. But when God give us a prescribed way to live, we take exceptions. We don't like regulation. Amen. I, I mean, I'm like that too. I mean, some of the do's and don'ts in here I don't like, but it don't change the regulation. Amen. I didn't have to agree with every regulation that the military put out there, but if I was going to stay in, I had to comply with it. He says, now, you must keep all my decrees and regulation by putting them into practice. Somebody say practice. It's one thing to know something, it's another thing to do. I can know what the regulations say, but to live what the regulations say is a whole different thing. And so what God is trying to get us to see, this is a two-part transaction. transaction. You got to know what it says, but at the same time, he expects us to try to live, to practice it. He said, otherwise, the land which I bring you in as your new home will vomit you out. In other words, the place I want to bless you will reject you if you don't live like I want you to live. And see, the reason God has such a problem with this land because they was going to land that, you know, was was inhabited by, you know, some bad people. You know, they were going into Canaan. They was deep in idolatry there. I mean, they worshiped many gods. They practiced devil worship, not only devil worship, but they practiced infant sacrifice. And and at time, they had all type of behaviors that went against the things that God stood for. And so he was telling them, hey, look, you're going into this land, but if you're going to do what I want you to do, you can't live according to the land that you're going into. So we're in this world, but we're not of the world. And God understands where we are and where we live and wh- what generation we are born and raised in, but there's an expectation that he has for us to live by. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. And so sometimes when know the expectation that he has come against our customs and our traditions and our culture. If those things conflict with God, you got to ask yourself how you're living. Because you don't want to be vomiting. Ow! He says, do not live according to the custom of the people that I am driving out before you. It is because they do these shameful things that I detest them. In other words, sometimes in our ignorance we can do things we just don't know better. But there's a difference between when we have been taught and we know better and then we willfully do what we want to do anyway. I know this is going to be a tough one. I don't, I don't know why I put this after talking about privilege and being valuable. Now I got to talk to you about how to live like you're valuable. <laughs> I probably should have said this to the beginning of the year. That's probably something to start off the beginning of the year with. Not come behind how valuable. See, Last week y'all were feeling so valuable. Then now you gotta do a take look at yourself and find out, whoa. How am I living? I ain't talking about now. We all live right right about now. You know, ten to twelve. I mean, so I don't expect no backlash right now. We within the hours. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 10. See, God realized his people, they was coming out of Egypt, Egypt, and after being in Egypt for so long, they even came out with some bad habits, some customs that they brought out of Egypt. And he knew that his people were prone to just do whatever everybody else was doing. I mean, sometimes they just got caught up so much with what was going on around them, just like we do. We get caught up with the culture that we live in. And again, I'm not knocking everything in culture, but there's something that culture is trying to indoctrinate you to that is not good. And you got to know how to tell the difference and allow the, the Holy Spirit of God to lead you in a way that's going to be pleasing to Him. I ain't going to be in the Old Testament for this one week. I, I won't probably hit. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, he says, now look. Here we see God call Israel and and exhort them to love and obey him and to live in a way that pleases him. And what we got to see out of here is that whenever God give us a regulation or an instruction, it is not to harm us. It is really for our good. But sometimes because we don't want to see it as for our good, then we look at what God is saying to us as bad. Let me make it clear. God ain't trying to hold nobody back. You can be whoever you want to be, do you. But if you say you his child, you got to do you in accord with his ends. So in Deuteronomy chapter 10, Verse 12 and 13 says this. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require? Somebody say require. Require Require of you. In other words, God has an expectation because of his position, Cliff, and his authority, he has an expectation that he can lay on us and say, hey, this is what I require. Now, he gives you free will. You don't have to do what he requires. But he ain't scared to tell you what he requires. And so there's it, nothing wrong with me standing up here reading what God requires. You're going to still do what you want to do anyway. But I'm required to tell you what he said. And let you make your own decision how you want to live. I would be remiss in my duties if I never told you how God wants you to This is what he requires. He says he requires only that you fear the Lord your God. That's number one. Fear has a connotation here about reverence and respecting him. This ain't talking about you being afraid to go in his presence, to go around him, to talk to him. He said, no, you got to realize that God is awesome, and so therefore you got to reverence and respect him. Even the kids on the street understand this respect thing. Every time I look at guys in the hood getting upset, they get upset because someone disrespect, and if people understand that in the streets, then why is it so hard for us in the church to understand? God said, all I want is a lyric. Y'all thought Aretha told y'all that, but God, long, long before Aretha, Aretha sung about it, God had already said it. He says that you fear your God and live in a way that pleases him. Not please you, but please him. And then he says you got to love him. Love talking about an affectionate feeling for God. It it involves more than just feeling good about God, it's talk about your commitment to God and serve him. Serve that has a double connotation, talks about worship him. And anything that you do in his name is an act of worship. So, therefore, your being here today will be considered an act of worship. See, it is your reasonable service, that's why you're here. And while you're online, it's an act of worship. We're serving him. But then he says how he want us to serve him. He said, I want you to serve him with all your... So I want you to have this affectionate feeling for me as you serve me. But not only do I want your heart, I want your... Meaning I want your mind, your will, your intellect, and your imagination. So when you come to me, I want to be able to look at your whole person and know that your whole person is connected to me. It's easy to give him our body on Sunday, but he don't have our mind on Monday. Oh, God, I wasn't supposed to go there. We all right with our emotions right now. But will he have them when you get home this afternoon? Will he have them when your child do something you don't want them to do? And I'm not saying God don't want us to correct our children, but look at that, the way you ought to do it that still represents... I want your intellect. I don't mind you being highly educated and sophisticated and all that with your thought processes. But you need to have some thinking that line up with me. He could have left soul out of that thing. But he making it clear to us that this is what he... Now look, he come and calm it down. He said, and you must always obey the the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own... He's saying, people, this is for your. It is like you telling your children when you're giving them a little bit of cast <laughs> of castor oil. They don't understand it, but you're trying to say, this is for your. It don't taste good going down, but in the long run, your organs don't appreciate it. It's for your now you can spice it up a little bit and put a little sugar or something on it but at the end of the day they got to take it. Don't sugar it down so much that it lose its power. And so what I'm trying to say I don't mind the word being softened up every now and then but we can't soften the word up to the point that it lose its power. Because everybody knows and needs to know that the word is for them. says yeah. yeah. for your own good. And sometimes we don't see it as being for our own good. Then we think that God has something against us. The same thing I'm preaching to you have to cut and convict me. I mean, so I didn't just go and write this and say, not look at me. Because I didn't even know you were going to be here today, some of y'all. So I couldn't have put your picture next to it. So while I'm doing this, I'm looking at me. And so as I deal with me, then I'm hoping that the word of God is going to deal with you. In the book of Psalms 26, this is a pretty lengthy passage here. In this powerful psalm, David reveals how important it is for us to strive to live a life of integrity. Somebody say integrity. A life that personifies, personifies honesty and having a strong moral character. You know, I don't know, 20 years ago, as I was getting out of the military. Didn't we say something like integrity first? Yeah. Service before self. And something in all we do. What they say? <laughs> excellence, that's right, excellence. Yeah, that, is that still the code? They, the integrity still first? Yeah, integrity first. You know, it used to be a time people weren't scared of the word integrity, but now you know, politicians always had that part of their campaign. Integrity. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the candidate of integrity. They don't say it no more. Just go around and read the signs all over town. You don't see the word integrity in there no more, because they know. You know, they know that, that that lot done been figured out. So now I'm, 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 the, I'm the one with, you know, I'm your conservative choice. I'm your liberal choice. I'm your moderate choice. Yeah, but how are you living? That ain't important. You ain't looking for a God. You're just looking for a man or a woman. Or well, today I ain't talking to politicians. So so in this powerful son, David says, look, man, some things are coming in my life. Some things are going at coming at me. But look here. The only thing I got to use for my defense is my integrity. Because someone was slandering him and saying some things about him. And David was not trying to make us think that he had it all together. He wasn't trying to make us think that, Cliff, I've never done anything wrong. You done read my story. You know I took another man's wife, slept with her, got him killed. You done read my story. You done read how jacked up my family was. I let a brother get away with taking, raping his sister, and I didn't do nothing about it. You done read my story. But on this charge, the one they trying to put on me today, God, I'm innocent. <laughs> I done own up to all that stuff I done did in the past, but what they trying to lay on me right now, I'm innocent and in order to be found innocent God I need for you to appeal toward and understand my integrity. So look what he says to God here. This is a powerful thing. Three points I want to make out of this but you know one is vindication, two is examination and then three is redemption in in these 12 verses. Look at this. He says declare me innocent. Somebody say declare me innocent. In other words, clear my name, God. You know, declare me innocent. You know, he says, "O oh Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. See, integrity comes from the word integer, come as a math term to be undivided, a number that can't be divided. So when we say we are a person of integrity, we're saying that we don't have divided loyalties. And David is saying, God, I wasn't wavering between you and what the world is doing. I was on your side the whole time, and I'm yours, so therefore I have not been unfaithful to you. I have not been wavering. The Bible talks about a double-binding man that's unstable in all his ways in order to be double minded and duplicitous you got to have divided loyalties. you say I've trusted in the Lord without wavering now this is where we got to look at what David is saying because you got to do this for yourself he says put me on trial Since I'm talking about me, he's saying, how you living? And if I want to prove I'm living, they say, put me on. You put me on trial, God. They ain't talking about man. He said, put me on trial. Nobody really wants to always be put on. Because when you go on trial, people got a right to ask you some tough questions. So he says, put me on. Will any of us today say, Lord, put me on trial? I ain't hear no amens right there, so. <laughs> ain't no shouting right there. Ain't no praising coming right there. You know, ain't, no, you know, ain't none of that coming in right there. Cause I say, put me on, put me. Not, not Pastor Bolden putting himself or putting you on trial. It's God. He said, God, you. Put me on trial. Then he said, Lord, while I'm on trial, cross-examine me. You know, a lot of time in court, they don't even let the you know, defendant go to the stand to, to testify on his own behalf. Why? Because they don't want to be cross ex They don't want the other guy to ask their guy some questions. But you're telling God, God, I'm your guy. And guess what? You can ask me some You already know me, so I don't have no problem with you asking me some questions of, so God said, well, I just want to ask you, how are you living? You don't try, how are you living? Then he says, test my motives and my heart. In other words, when he talked about testing motives and heart, now he's saying, God, in order to really know who I am, you're going to have to dissect me. You're going to have to open me up just like a frog on a table and you're going to have to take a look down into my heart and into my soul and my mind because only you can search the deep recesses of my heart. I, God, you can examine my thought life when I ain't in church. You can examine my, my mental attitude when I'm not around you. You can examine all that, God. So what I want you to do is just dissect me. Yeah. Take a look in. And anything that you find in there that's not from you, look here, I want you to... Your heart needs to be examined because the Bible says your heart can be deceitful and even wicked. Nobody can really know you but Oh Lord have mercy. See see on Sunday when I was at some of y'all and stage on Sunday there was one heart in here and another heart out there. I ain't always been like this. I used to come to church on Sunday and play both sides against the middle. You know, it just one day the light came on and I figured that, hey, it was even before I knew what the word integrity meant, but somehow I would tell me, you just ain't living right. You can't live with one foot in and one foot out. Just that stance don't even look right. ain't got to be too smart to figure that out faith. so he's saying look here God you got to examine me because I want you to take a look at me and then I want you to see my motives and my heart that's one thing when we look at people we can't always see their motives behind what they do that's why you have to say God what is, what is my motivation for doing what I'm doing why am I doing this is this something that you want me to do God or is this something that I want to do we got to all be willing to let God cross-examine us and test our motives. So when you read this word, it ought to be cross-examining you sometimes. It ought to be affirming some of the things you're doing right, but it ought to be correcting some of the things that you're not doing so well. He says, now look, even in the midst of what I'm going through, for I am always aware of your unfailing love. Even when I was traveling, you still love. Even now that I got both feet in and I cut the food, you still. So when I think about how much you love me in spite of me, that make me want to do things not to hurt you. Because I don't want it to look like I'm taking your love for I'm always aware of how much you love me. I'm always aware that your love never fails, that is always there for me. Then he says, I have lived according to your truth. Oh, God, right there today, there is no truth like it used to be. It used to be a time truth just meant truth. Now today, truth is relative. Everybody got their truth. So if I can tell you my truth, whether I agree with it, you agree with it or not, is my truth. Don't have to be bounced off no facts. It's just my And so what I'm trying to say is that when we live in a time of relativity, relative, relative truth, there is no objectivity to it. I could say, man, you know, if I own a Mustang, I could say, man, the Mustang is the most powerful car, you know, that is. Hey, well, somebody said, man, that's your truth. Because I got a charge over here that I think is just as powerful as that mustang. So until someone gets some facts to add to our truth, I'm going to believe what I believe, and you're going to believe what you Somebody got to say, okay, we can settle this. Let's get a quarter mile, put them out there, and see which horse ends up across the line first. Then now after that, we will have objective, And what I'm trying to get you to see, you're going to have to get to the point in your life where you're going to have to get some objective truth and not subjective truth that just based on your truth that may be flawed based upon who taught you your truth or where you're getting your truth from. He says, I live according to your truth. And we know that his word is true. But if you don't believe it's true, then someone can say, I don't believe that word. And that's mine. You got me. You ain't got to believe it. That's your right. And if that's your truth, you go for your truth. But you ain't going to make me walk away from mine. I ain't going to argue with you about your truth. Whatever you want to be true for you, that's you. But don't try to make me walk in your, especially if your truth don't make me walk against God's. I'm afraid that's how you're living. He said, you know, he said, look, in verse 4, I do not spend time with liars. Now you're trying to qualify some of the things that you may separate you to what your truth is at. Who you listen to the most? Do you listen to folk that lie? Or go along with hypocrites? You know I hate the gathering of those who do evil. So that, that puts us in a place to say, who are you hanging around all the time? It's nothing wrong with having to go around and work with evil folk. Jesus went to notorious sinners. But your job while there is not to become like them. You're there to represent him in that environment, in that space. and you can do that. He ain't taking you off your job because you wasn't with sinners. He wants you to go to that job and be the light.". He said, "Look, I hate those who gather uh, the gathering of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. So you got to make some choices. See, joining in, the connotation there is that I refuse to do what they're doing. Oh, Lord. Verse 6. He says, I wash my hands to declare my innocence. He getting into a worship mode now because normally before you went to the temple, you wash your hands of the act of sanctification and recognizing you're about to go into the presence of a holy God. And so therefore, I wash my hands to declare my innocence. I come to your altar, O Lord. How do I come? I come to your altar singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of all your wonders. In other words, when I come into your presence, God, I want to make sure that my heart is right. I want to get things right in my heart. I want to make sure that my hands are okay when I come to your presence. Because I realize I'm walking into the presence of a holy God, and I just don't want to come in front of you any kind of. And as I come in, I want to give you thanks for allowing me to come in, even in spite of what I did yesterday. Amen. That I can still come into your presence. If I say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done, you still allow me to. So I want to declare my innocence when I come to your altar oh Lord singing a song of thanksgiving and telling others of your wonders. look here he says I love your sanctuary somebody say I love your sanctuary now I'm going to get an argument if I say he's talking about the church and where you are sitting at right now so let me get that off the table you may be sitting at home in your living room right now and if you have sanctified that space that's your sanctuary and if you are there you ought to love being there. If you made the decision to come here today and say that you're in God's presence and you know that, that to be truth for you, then you ought to say, I love being where I am when it comes to worshiping God. I love. This is not a place that I dread coming to. I love coming into His sanctuary. I love coming. You know, a sanctuary is a safe place place of worship, a place where you can come and know that you can lift up your praise to God. He said, I love your sanctuary, Lord. The place where your glorious presence dwells. See, the problem is, we no longer think that when we come to worship, we're coming into the presence of God. We just think we're going to church, walking into a building. No, you gotta believe that, hey, wherever you are, God's presence is right there with you. And when you can accept his presence there, that give you, going back to that mindset earlier, about a reverence and a respect. Yeah. Yeah. He says, now look, verse 9. Don't let me suffer the fate of sinners. Don't condemn me along with murderers. Now, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do to some folks but whatever you're going to do to them, don't include me in that number. <laughs> so you, you, if, you, if, you, if you really are going to punish some folk, like you say you are, some people don't believe it, but look here, if you really are, when you get ready to do it, Cliff, he said, don't include. Don't include me with that group. Because I want to be on the side that still get your love and your mercy. He said, don't include me with that group. I don't want to suffer their faith. He said, now look, their hands are dirty with evil schemes. That's why your mind got to be in the right place. Because there's nothing wrong with evil thoughts coming to your mind. They're going to come all the time. You just got to know how to take captive that evil. And then when other people come to you with evil schemes, you got to have the right mind that you can see the scheme. And see, sometimes we don't want to look and see schemes behind certain things because, look here, we sometimes agree with the scheme. Oh, Lord, look at this. Their hands are dirty with these evil schemes, and they constantly take bribes. Now, he was here literally talking about in his whole kingdom, he was the king now, got a lot of people under him, and he said, now, look, there are sometimes people out there, you know, who take bribes. You know, if somebody can bribe you, that means they probably got some money. You know, got some money. If somebody can bribe you, that means your, your integrity may be in check. You know, be in check. You got to figure out, okay, if they can bribe me and I got to pay it off, then I'm going to get But if my integrity is right, I don't care what they come with. You can't stop folk from lying. You can't stop folk from make, making stuff up. Man, they got folk out there and I can be watching you everywhere you go and see so you walk out of one place, and then all of a sudden they got you plastered out there. You, you know, I got your picture. But you're a person of in. So you go going to have to stand up and say, Bring it on. I ain't to pay you. Look at this. Let me go and finish this because I'm almost done. Look at this. He says, But I am not like that. I live with integrity. So redeem me and show me mercy. In other words, God, because of your compassion and your love, continue to show me mercy. Continue to forgive me for the things that I've done. Continue to redeem me. For us, we know that God redeemed us when he paid for us with Jesus. So we have already been redeemed. And so therefore, he's still showing us mercy now because the Bible says mercy are new every day because we still need some mercy. We don't need to be bought back again. We already been bought, But we do every now and then get beside ourselves and do some things that's not like him. And we got to ask ourselves, how am I living? So therefore, now, God, I need some... Don't give me what I deserve, God, but right now, show me some... You know, it's kind of like your children did something wrong, and you know what you told them you was going to give them for doing that wrong, but they come and plead that case. Say, look, Dad, just have some. I know you told me you were going to take me, and I was going, you're going to take the TV, you're going to take my phone, you're going to take this, you're going to take everything. Just have some. least give me two hours of television time or something. Don't take it all. Don't give me what I fully deserve because I don't know if I can live. You just took it all right. So we got to be glad that we serve a merciful God. Then he says this, now I stand on solid ground and I will publicly praise you. You know, I was thinking about that how would he have to say I stand on solid ground? And I would I got firm footing because I'm standing on my integrity. And because I am walking in integrity, it's like this, and I was trying to think of a little simple way. If I'm walking in the integrity of this floor, I can walk like this and I'm feeling pretty good. I am on sound ground. I'm on sound footing. But if I tried to walk like this, I can make it there. But there is a difference. And every time I come up here, I'm putting myself at risk for something. But I'd rather be able to walk like this is a lot better than walking like it's time out for you trying to walk like this and please the Lord at the same time. It's a whole lot better if you just walk like we can get comfortable walking like that. But in the long run, it's going to have an adverse impact on your body. You're going to wonder, why my knees hurting? Why is my back all out of alignment? Because you're walking on a crooked... Last point about integrity. In Psalms 104, David reveals this powerful truth to us about integrity and where it starts. He lets us know that integrity starts in your private life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not when you get here. On Sunday. We'll go and get a peg and put up on that leg and walk straight up in here. (sighs) But he's saying you got to realize it starts in your private life. Because who are you are in private, it's the real you. And the goal is for you to be the same person in private as you are in, look at this, in verse Psalms Psalm 101, verse 1 through 4, real quick, he says, I will sing of your love and justice, your love and justice, I, I, I got to sing about your love and your justice because God, you, you, you're loving God. You're just God, and therefore I deserve to praise you for that. He says, I will praise you with some. Why? I'm going to give you praise and thanks for your love and your justice toward me. I'm going to give you all that you'll do, God, because you are worthy of my praise. Then he says, I will be careful, and I want y'all to go back and read this again and see how many I wills he got here because it's a matter of your will coming in agreement with what God's will is. It's a matter of your will coming in agreement with what the regulations say. If you don't bring your will into agreement with the regulation, then you're going to violate the... Y'all should have said that with me, man. That was a good point for y'all to agree with the word. You're going to violate the regulation? Okay, not you your friend. They're going to violate the regulation. Amen? But because you are keeping the reg, you ought to give him some praise. You ought to, this is a good time if you're a regulation follower to give him some praise. Hallelujah! Come on, you ain't got to be afraid to if you know I'm trying to lighten the moment up for you because I understand that sometime when you're reading God's word, people will fight against it. They resist it. But what you got to do is say, hey, look, in the midst of your resistance, you can still praise God that you're here today, that you still got another breath coming out your body. You can still give him thanks for what he has done in your life thus far. I don't agree with everything you got from me, God. But right now, to this point in my life, I'm going to give you some praise for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at this. He says I will be careful I'm going to act wise and prudent to live a blameless life. When will you come to help me? Because God without your regular I can't do it. Without your help I can't do it. Without the power and presence of your Holy Spirit I can't. I can talk. I want to live right all my life like like brother Mike was saying today on the men's study. You know we can say all we want to say but sooner or later, when I leave mom and dad's house, I got to will myself to do what's right when I leave mom and dad's house. Because if I don't do that, then I'll live contrary to everything I've been. And it's no different for us who've been walking with the Lord. If you don't will yourself to do what this word says, you'll leave here and you'll live contrary to. You got to help me, God. Because if you don't help me, God, oh me will come back. I have to crucify that rascal every day, but he will come back. So God, therefore, I need your help. And some of you all knew the same thing. You need his help. You can't do it by yourself. You got to stop trying to do it on your own with your own intellect, your own mindset, your own motive. You need God's help. And nothing wrong with you asking him to give you some. Then he said, look, I will lead a life of integrity in my own He was in the palace. Had a lot of folk around him. I ain't going to read it all but you got to go through some before he said look here well, I found out there in my palace that's right here. Someone got the But he first started out with his own home. Your own house. Don't nobody know what you do in your house but you and whoever live in there with you. And then when you go to your room by yourself, don't nobody knows but you and whoever in that room with you. Most times that ain't you in the Holy... Spirit. So if you can't live in integrity in that room with you and the Holy Spirit by yourself, then don't come out here in front and fake it on Sunday. Don't, don't come in here and walk like you got it. Like you, like you just walking all straight. When you know you... Somebody said, my, my own home. He didn't say your neighbor's home. Get things right in. Let me read these last two verses, um, and I problem, I'm, I'm going to just read them and quit. He says, I will. Somebody say, I will again. I will. I will refuse to look at anything vulgar or vile, or vile and vulgar. Man, he said, man, I got I to gotta make some cover in my eyes now. I'm at home by myself. I can't just look at anything because I'm here by my... Because you can hit the, hit the wrong thing on the computer and you can be involved in violent. Bam. There it is. And if you're not careful, you'll think you're sitting there by your... Now realize that the Holy Spirit is right there. So that's why you got to refuse. Y'all want to fill in the blank right there, Adrian? Y'all help me right there. I'm just y'all me y'all, y'all get mighty quiet right there, man. Yeah. Refuse. Somebody said, refuse. Shout like you got a little refusal in you. He said. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. Sometimes all you gotta do is look at the rating before you turn it on. I know now. I'm out doing that Netflix thing. It tells you right up front: nudity, sex, and violence. <laughs> and you still hit play. <laughs> And then, and then when you get that surprise, you're, oh, I didn't know they were going to be in here. No. You, he told you i I figured I was put a little humor in here so I could finish this thing. He said, I refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. I will reject perverse ideas. And stay away from every evil. So sooner or later as we grow in the Lord and as we mature and we try to live like he wants to live, we just got to know how to reject something. Everything that come into your eye gate, your ear gate and people bring to you is not for you to retain. It's not for you to entertain it and meditate on it. It's for you to just straight up read. And if you can do that in the of Holy Spirit and I can do that, man, our life will be better. And if our life gets better, we wouldn't worry about God asking no question. How you living? God, come and ask him. Bring it on. God, ask me the question. And then once he asks you the tough question, just tell him the truth. Don't try to lie to him. He already. No. Babe, he already know you hit play. Bam. <laughs> he already know we hit play. Amen. I'm learning a lot about TV now because I didn't use to watch none of the news, but man, you can stop stuff now and take it back and look at it again just in case you missed something. Bam! <laughs> See, it used to be a time that just passed on by you. Uh-huh. Now, you got the capability to go back and but there's some things you ain't supposed to go back in your own I am not the home sheriff. God is. And it's up to you to do whatever you big and bad enough to do in your... I ain't come and try to live in your house. Don't you come try to live But if the Spirit of God is dealing with you in... Make some changes. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Every head by and every eye closed.